Hello and welcome to another edition of Addition. I'm your host, Adi Adewusi. I'm a product manager at Microsoft, a mathematician, a futurist, a tech optimist, artist, creator, and I'm here every day, Monday through Friday, bringing you the hot topics in tech, an update on the stock and crypto markets, as well as some career advice and let you know what I'm geeked out about today. So before I get into the update on the markets, go ahead and if you're watching on YouTube, click that like button, subscribe if you're not already subscribed. If you're not subscribed to the Substack, which gives you all the videos and the show notes and the podcast links directly into your email inbox, it's editionpod.substack.com. Go ahead and just do it. Just subscribe so you don't miss anything. Um, I'm also very active on social media. I'm on t- Twitter and TikTok at EditionPod, Instagram at Edition with Addy, YouTube Edition with Addy Adewusi, and I believe that is all. Okay, thank you. Let's move into going into these market updates. So Bitcoin is up 5.47% in the last seven days, hovering around 42,000. Ethereum is up 3.33% in the last seven days, still hovering around 3,100. I would say any day that is green is good. 3%, 5% gains, this is great. Um, if you've been watching the show from the beginning and you've been seeing the uh, difference in the crypto movements versus the stock movements, you know, it's very interesting. For a stock to move 5% in a day, it's a huge deal. For crypto, it's, you know, another day, right? So, okay, speaking of stocks, let's go check out the S&P. So on the week, it is up 0.1%. The NASDAQ, it is down 0.28%. So barely any movement on the stock markets, which is okay, considering all the things that are going on in the world for the stock markets to be holding steady. I would say that's a good thing in my book. Okay, so hot topic in tech, and it's very close to home. So I'll read the headline from the New York Times. Atlanta Apple Store workers are the first to formally seek a union. So over 70% of employees at the Cumberland Mall Apple Store have agreed to vote on whether they go, are going to unionize. So I've been talking about the, the, the Staten Island Union uh, of Amazon workers. There is the flagship union for the Apple Store in Grand Central Station. They're going to be voting on whether they're going to unionize. And now the Atlanta Apple Store uh, is going to unionize. I talked about unionization and a previous episode, which I will link in the show notes. So I'm not going to get into too much details, but my hot take on this is that with Atlanta being the first to formally seek a union without in the Apple store, it makes me realize this union conversation is really a race conversation. Um, and because Atlanta, it is the black capital of the U.S., and I think about Bessemer, Alabama, the Amazon fa- factory, everyone that I heard interviewed for that um, was black. So I, it's, you know, you can't avoid race, right? So I think the impact of this 
really is about raising the economic status of Black people in America uh, through these potential tech unions. And of course, there's another way to do that. You can just give them their demands without unionizing. Um, but I don't think these companies are going to raise wages until they are absolutely forced to. So I'm going to be keeping a very close eye on this because wages at the whether you're working at the Apple store, the Apple HQ, any increase in wages is an, an important thing to track in your career. You know, for me, I'm, I'm going to get into this in the career topic, but I always pay attention as to what jobs are, you know, in more demand, they're being paid more versus what, which jobs are being, you know, automated and the market is shrinking for that sort of talent. You know, we really are placing bets when we, you know, pick a major or pick a job. You know, we're building these skills with the hope that one day someone will want it, but times change. You know, at a time, you know, being a horseback rider was an essential skill in the same way being an Uber driver is right now. So pay attention to different shifts in the labor market and always make sure that you're a step ahead as opposed to waiting to catch up. And if you are waiting to catch up, definitely listen to this podcast every day because I will help you out there. Okay, uh, so next hot topic in tech. Uh, so I talked about this yesterday, the Coinbase NFT marketplace. I just wanted to give you my review. Now that I have seen it, I do not have beta access. I should, I'm on that uh, 1 million plus wait list, but I love what I'm seeing. Do I think the Coinbase NFT marketplace will be the new Facebook? Yes. And, and in the best possible sense, like a new social platform that will go viral, that will be status oriented. Just, just like Facebook started at Harvard, I would say like that was a huge signaling thing. Oh, there's a social media, a new social media platform, but only people at Harvard can get on it. That is the best way to open your social business. Clubhouse, for example, uh, it was invite only and only if you're on an Apple, very exclusive. And, um, and also the invite started with people in the Silicon Valley, venture capital. So people who are hard to access, right? So this idea of being exclusive is always going to win because as human beings, we chase status. So NFTs embody status. Uh, you literally paid thousands of dollars for a profile picture, right? It is a whole new level of flexing. And it also democratizes social media flexing because before um, NFTs, the only way to flex on social media was either to be really attractive, really smart, or really talented. Now you just need to be rich. Uh, so if you have one of the trending, um, let's say board apes or crypto punks, and there's nothing else about you that is interesting, get on this Coinbase NFT marketplace platform and build your audience, build your community, start engaging. This is the first time you've been able to uh, gain some sort of clout on social media. That's my take there. Um, I am anxiously waiting to uh, get onto Coinbase, Coinbase NFT, and I will likely buy an NFT just so I can be more engaging on Coinbase, or I'll mint my own. 
But yeah, I think this is going to be the new social platform. Forget Be Real. Um, it's going to be the Coinbase NFT marketplace. Okay, for the career topic, I wanted to discuss this idea of follow the money versus follow your passion. I posted a TikTok today. Um, it was basically joking at how I always end up following the money with my jobs and I never actually truly pursue my passion and just kind of making fun of myself about that. So I wanted to, I was reflecting and I think back and if I was going to give someone who's graduating college advice, I would say if you have debt, whether that's, you know, a bunch of credit card debt or, you know, car debt or student loans, I would follow the money first until your debt's paid off. Then once your debt's paid off, I would follow my passion, but you can use the skills that you learned while you're working for money to go into your passion without having a dramatic drop in salary. So let's say, for example, like me, my passion is art, you know, beauty, fashion, etc. Um, I followed the money in my career, but let's say I wanted to pivot into the beauty industry. I could pivot into the beauty industry from the place of being a, a product manager or a technologist and work my way into the more creative roles once I get into the industry. So it's much easier to just go straight um, to get into your passion field if you've done some time building skills that are valuable. And that's why you know you follow the money because the money's good when you follow the money. If you do not have debt, I would follow your passion. I if I if I had no debt and, and I would say the first six months of my career were like this. I was working as an artist. I think I had a stipend from Dartmouth. It was like maybe $1,200 after taxes a month. And then I was filling in the gaps, doing odd jobs, walking people's dogs, cleaning homes, stacking wood in Vermont, things like that. And it was actually through one of those odd jobs that I got um, my first marketing technology job. So I would say, and so yeah, I followed my passion and was just kind of bumbling around and I still ended up on a great career path. Um, I did have student loans um, and, for, and so I did pivot to following the money so I could pay those off. And okay, so yeah, let me know what you think. Follow your money, follow the money or follow your passion because it's very, I, I could see both sides of the argument. For me, it's conditional on the financial situation of the person asking. Okay, so what am I geeked out about this week? So as you know, I'm a math geek. I, am, I introduced myself as a mathematician. So I've been looking at the data on across all of the platforms that I post on uh, just to get an idea of who my audience is. And I just think it's funny how different the platforms are. So YouTube, my most, the, the video that I've published with the most views is a makeup tutorial, the spring makeup tutorial. On TikTok, that makeup tutorial, which you think it would be trending, was, it was barely, it was no different from any of my other videos. It did, whereas uh, this makeup video that I posted yesterday is by far my most successful video on YouTube. Uh, for TikTok, my most successful video is uh, trending, a trending dance. 
So it has to be a trending dance. And it's interesting because I have two trending dance videos. One of them popped off and got really popular. The other one didn't. And maybe it's because my dance wasn't as good. Maybe because people liked my outfit better. I don't know. Um, but trending dance works best for me on TikTok. And then on Instagram, it's crazy. So if I all I post all of my TikToks on Instagram and most of them get less than 10 views. When I post a podcast promotion reel that looks exactly like a commercial, you know, no authenticity, nothing, those go through the roof compared to the other ones. And it's actually a good reminder because I've stopped making those because those weren't as great for TikTok, um, but they make sense for Instagram reels. So, and, and for, oh, for Twitter, so I don't, post too much for addition under the edition pod Twitter. It's mainly like, you know, that I have a new show or if there's an especially funny reel, I think people would relate to, I will also post it on Twitter, but for my personal Twitter and that's at Addy Adewusi, um, whenever I post anything or tweet anything that includes the word product management, I get a whole bunch of product management bros engaging with my content. So the people that engage with me the most on Twitter are devs and product managers, whereas I'm desperately trying to find those people on my other platforms. So if you are also a content creator, and that just means if you just post selfies on Instagram, that's being a content creator too, take a look at your analytics and see uh, what content is successful. People say like, don't care about the likes, don't care about the comments, don't care about the followers. But if you're trying to build an audience, you want to know what your audience likes because you may be doing something that you don't even like that much because you think your audience is going to like it, but it doesn't actually um, mean anything to them. Okay, so that's the episode clocked in less than 15 minutes. I hope you have a great day today. Enjoy spring, enjoy the weather, and I'll see you tomorrow.